This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at cosmicpotatonetwork.com. Watching television, watching television. Watching television, watching television. I need all the image, I need all the sound, I need all the info right into my mind. Hey everybody, welcome back to Trial by Pilot. This is the show where we judge an entire series of television and the work of hundreds on one episode. I'm Bill Lynch. And I'm Elizabeth Lynch. Today, we are talking about Foundation on Apple TV+. Plus. Yes. <laughs> Did you know anything about this before we watched it? Had you heard of this before? I had heard of it, yes. Okay, I had not. It is based on a very famous, perhaps the most famous science fiction books of all time. Okay, yeah. So that's what our friend told me. Um, I didn't realize, I mean, I assume everything's based on a book, but like that, that is like the, the science fiction book. Yeah. So I did not realize that. Yeah. Uh, we wanted to have someone on that had actually read the books, but mm-hmm. I don't know if he checks messenger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's not here. Uh, yeah. These are based on a series of novels by Isaac Asimov. Uh, originally written starting in 1942. Oh, wow. They were a trilogy for like 30 years, and then he started to add books to the series. Mm -hmm. It won the Hugo Award in 1966 for the best all-time series, and then like a bunch of awards after that. Wow. Yeah. And I had literally never heard of this book ever. Yeah. So, and I'm surprised because you're really big into sci-fi books. <laughs> <laughs> well, you would think that like, you know, I've heard of Lord of the Rings, but I mean, maybe that's because, no, I heard of it before that was a movie. Lord of the Rings? Yeah. yeah. So, Or at least The Hobbit. Yeah. But this I had never heard of. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, something's that famous in its genre, but. Yeah. Um, Although, do I know the most famous book in every genre? Probably not. I certainly do not. Yeah, so. <laughs> uh, just the smutty ones. <laughs> so, this has been in production for a while. I saw that they had casted Jared Harris, who you know I love. You love a Jared Harris project. Um. <laughs> I didn't realize as soon as I saw him, I'm like, oh, that is why Bill wanted to watch this. <laughs> you just know it's going to be a well-produced show if he's in it it's just funny that um, he doesn't take on shitty projects let's just put it no that but way. he takes on like very like the same role all the time because at first i was like oh is he gonna be like the mean guy in this i thought he was mean at first and then i was like oh no he's he's the victim <laughs> <laughs> he's a victim <laughs> I don't know if I would say he's the victim. Also, he doesn't take on the same role. You're just saying that because he's like a 60-year-old white guy who like always looks and kind of sounds the same. This it's is different not, roles. No, no, no. This is not a criticism of Jared Harris. I want to make that clear. Good. Okay. It, I'm not criticizing him. I think he's very good. I just think that like in a lot of things we've seen him in, he's like this like has to end up being some kind of a, uh, I don't know. Maybe victim is the wrong word, but he's like the one who's like ultimately like doing the right thing or like, a, I don't know, standing up to the government or something. <laughs> what about a madman? 
Well, in Mad Men, he wasn't standing up to the government, but I feel like he was kind of put upon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> maybe maybe so you take Mad- Jared Harris's name out of your mouth. Mad- oh. Maybe Mad Men doesn't track here. <laughs> but just well, he was great things- in Mad Men. I'm not saying this is not a criticism of Jared Harris <laughs> at all. It's just like I think that he kind of has this like like hero. You know, he, I don't know. Sure. Well, we also don't know what his motivations really are in this show yet. Of maybe, course, maybe they're we're nefarious. watching the pilot. Right. Yeah. Uh, so the pilot starts off with a woman narrating about her childhood, learning of all the different planets within this giant galactic empire. And still can't wrap my head around something like this. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's that they're insane. like communicating with other planets or traveling to other planets. Same thing with Battlestar Galactica. Same thing, I guess, with Star Wars. Like, yeah. It's just. Oh, yeah. This is even far beyond Battlestar Galactica. I think they yeah. said like there were 8 trillion people like spread across this empire. Yeah. Uh, Terminus is the planet that's furthest from like the center of the empire. It's on like the far outskirts of civilization. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not even human settlements there at, at this point. This is like the District 12. Yeah. Um, but we see on Terminus four children approaching this mysterious vault. And we, we find out later that this is actually set slightly in the future from the rest of the story. Right. That's why there are humans there now. Yeah. And it's this, like strange floating, like <clears throat> sculptural looking thing. Yeah. It's like a diamond, like two pieces. Yeah. You know. And n- looks like nope. the Sims. Um... <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> the little thing that. <laughs> I don't know what you call that. <laughs> uh, nobody knows why it's there that's on Terminus now, but it puts off this like strange energy that keeps people away from it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people like try to get as close as they can to like plant a little flag just for like bragging rights. And so one of the boys, after he's like trying to put this flag in, passes out mm-hmm. and his friends like run back to town for help. But this woman shows up and pulls him away from the energy and warn- warns him like, stay away from it. Yeah. And does he say that she's been close to it? Yes. She holds the record for being close. Oh, she holds the record. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then we visit Trantor, which is like the capital of the empire. And we meet Jared Harris's character, Harry Selden, who is a professor and mathematician and a younger man there that works with him who is concerned about something. Mm-hmm. And he's asking Harry, like, are you sure this is the only way to get this done? So something's on the horizon. Mm-hmm. And then we travel again to Synax, and we meet Gail, who is leaving her family there to head to Trantor to work with Harry Selden. Mm-hmm. And on her voyage there, she's talking with some guy, and she says, you know, I won a math contest, like a really, really big math contest, which is why she, she's going to work with him. Mm-hmm. And they go into a hyper jump, and like this like weird synthetic like netting comes over them yeah. to like put them into hyperstasis. But she wakes up during the hyper jump, which you're not supposed to do. And so an android comes over and like injects her neck with something to put her back out. Yeah. And it's like, why did you wake up? And like pushes her head down and like yeah. <laughs> it's a little creepy. <laughs> <laughs> and so she arrives at Trantor at like this docking station, like way out in the outer atmosphere. This thing was cool. Yeah. And there's just this gigantic elevator that takes them, basically an elevator, that takes them 14 hours from this docking station down to the surface of the planet. Yeah. I thought this was so cool. Like, 
I, at first I didn't realize that it was an elevator. I was like, oh, is this like a building? Like I, I thought maybe it was a building with like different, like it was kind of like a city, yeah. you know? Um, but once I realized that they were, what they were doing, I was like, what a cool way to manage like all this travel in and out of this planet. Like you're not like landing on the planet. Right. Everything's coming to this thing. It's like, it's just very efficient. And yeah. uh, I thought it was very, very cool. And we find out that, you know, the empire is led by these clones of a former leader from like hundreds of years ago. Mm-hmm. And so they've cloned this guy a bunch of times. So it's just like genetic dynasty. Mm-hmm. And there's now three clones, like a, a young boy, a man, and then an older man. And they're they're called Brother Dawn, Day, and Dusk. Mm-hmm. You know, collectively referred to as Empire. And, you know, they live on the surface of the planet, but there are hundreds of subterranean levels where people are just working and building technology and they never see the sky. They just like stay underground. Like little mole people. Yeah. It's just crazy to me now reading that this was written in 1942, like some of the cool ideas yeah that are in this show and book uh and we see uh brother day you know like he's the main one he's like you know in his prime in his yeah. like 20s or 30s and he approaches this employee like I, I don't know if he was like painting something or sculpting something for the empire yeah and they said oh you know we found a book of harry selden's in your room and he insists like oh you know someone gave it to me it's, it's rubbish all his ideas are rubbish uh, but then Brother Day has the man executed by space gun. Like right there. Yeah. You know, they, they yeah. shoot something at him and he just like combusts no into dust. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, Harry Seldon has ideas that are not favorable to the Empire. Mm-hmm. And so then Gale is introduced to Harry Seldon along with his other assistant. And, you know, they're talking about some mathematical theorem that she solved after no one could solve it for 500 years this girl on this planet with like no technology. Yeah. It almost seemed like they're not allowed to do any type of technology on her, on her planet. Yeah. Like where she's from where they're like, how'd you find a book there? Like they look down on that. Yeah. Her, her planet is extremely religious. They have Mm -hmm. like prayer beads, like sewn into their skin that she had to have removed when she left. Was that what they were doing? Yes. Oh, okay. And so, you know, she's just some kind of like mathematical prodigy. So she solved this this equation, and then Harry reveals why she's there. They're both going to be arrested tomorrow by the Empire to prove his predictions wrong. And so the field of mathematics he works in, you know, takes these giant data sets from like, you know, eight trillion people in the Empire mm-hmm. and predicts big changes that are that are coming. And so he's predicting that the Empire is going to fall basically. And that Trantor is going to be destroyed. Which I thought this was kind of cool because I was recently listening to something about climate change and like I couldn't, I like don't understand this like technology and how they even do it now to predict climate change. Mm -hmm. But I just thought it was cool because they're like, oh, using this model or that model. Like all these different models that we currently use now to predict anything (laughs) is mind boggling to me. So it's kind of cool. They were doing the same thing. Like, I guess in the forties they did that too, but like at a much different level. So this is kind of cool. Like the way this author even imagined this. Yeah. Yeah. And the way they illustrated it in the show was cool too. 
Yes. Yeah, I mean, there must be so many sci-fi and fantasy ideas that have been pulled from this. Because, like, mm-hmm. Minority Report, right, was, like, predicting, like, killers. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure it's been done many times. Yeah. So, meanwhile, two delegations from distant planets are visiting the Empire to try and avoid a war with each other. And Brother Day, you know, accepts gifts from them as he welcomes them to the Empire. Uh, and then everyone kind of creepily follows his mantra, respect and enjoy the peace. Mm-hmm. Like, the idea is just everyone just stays peaceful and in line with what the Empire wants. Right. Remain compliant and you will have... Yeah. No issues. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. And so then Gail and Harry are taken by the Empire for conspiracy to destabilize it. And they're brought before a tribunal. And, you know, the I don't don't know if they call him a lawyer, but the the guy arguing against them is saying, Mm -hmm. you know, there are eight trillion people in the Empire. It's been going strong for 12,000 years. Uh, And he's asking Harry about what his predictions are. And Harry, you know, doesn't really hesitate or beat around the bush he says in less than 500 years the empire will be reduced to rubble it will be intergalactic nuclear wars that last for 30,000 years Um, and his goal basically by revealing all this is to soften these dark ages that are going to follow he said they absolutely cannot be stopped there's no way but you can reduce them if we start acting now Mm -hmm. from 30,000 years to maybe a thousand and so he's trying to create this galactic encyclopedia to restart humanity Mm-hmm. A, a foundation for the next wave of people. Yeah. The titular foundation. <laughs> Got it in there. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. It's been 170 episodes since we had a titular incident. I'm sure it hasn't been that long. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was just trying to think of like, you know, how you have those signs. Like it's been like blank days. Yeah. You, should have, you should have said like five days and then you erase it and put zero. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just, you know. Work work on it for next time. I know. Can we cut this and then let me redo it? No. Because <laughs> I just don't know where 170 came from. That's, that's so long ago. We only have like 180 episodes. <laughs> so it's definitely been like 10 episodes, maybe. Uh, and so the next day, after Gail has been given a chance to look at Harry's formulas, she's asked at the tribunal about her findings. And after being badgered by this guy about her homeworld's anti-science agenda, Gail says, I think his calculations are correct. Like, the math says the Empire is going to fall. Yeah. And so they're put back in their cells, and that night, there's a terrorist attack that blows up the big space elevator. Whoo, this was really hard to watch. Yeah, so... This was awful. One one person is, like, in the main docking building and then the other person is on the elevator taking it down and so it blows up and the entire thing just falls to the planet and i mean obviously it's fucking gargantuan yeah i mean it takes 14 hours on an elevator that's fast to get to the planet so like how how tall is this thing yeah and so you just you just see it start start to like hit the surface of the planet and it's like just crushing buildings and people and the next day in the aftermath, the Empire reveals a hundred million people were killed. Yeah. And it cut through 50 levels of the planet, like into the subterranean levels. Oh. Yeah. And so they, they bring back Gail and Selden uh, in front of Brother Day. And Gail reveals she saw something else in the equations. 
if Harry Seldon is killed by the Empire, within the year, the Emperors would be dead. So whatever chain of chain of events would follow that, they would be killed. And maybe she's telling the truth. I, I don't remember if they revealed if she was telling the truth or just bullshitting to save Harry. Mm-hmm. And so Brother Dust just like wants to kill them right there. And, you know, the little boy, Brother Dawn, doesn't really say much. But Day questions them and reveals later that they will be spared. So probably to spare himself. Yeah. Um, and they will be allowed to work on the foundation, but not on Trantor, on Terminus. And so, you know, Selden says, oh, so you can keep an eye on us and then steal the idea, all of our right. stuff, you know, when we're, while we're out on this planet. But later he tells Gail, like, this was the plan all along. Yeah. Like, she kind of figures that out. Like, yeah. oh, you meant for this to happen. Yeah. He wants to be as far away from the Empire's eyes that he can get, but still be able to get their resources yeah. for this project. And then we find out that these scenes on Terminus are 35 years later mm-hmm. after all this happens. And Gail is narrating and telling of this outlier this woman who is able to approach the vault without like feeling its energy. And so Gail wonders if Selden knew all along what this woman would be capable of. Mm-hmm. And we see her climbing up a hill up to this strange vault, reaching up to like the bottom of it as like a light shines from within. Mm-hmm. And that was the end of the pilot to foundation. What did you think? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I am really glad that you did this summary here for me (laughs) because honestly in the beginning i was like oh this is good i'm following this Mm -hmm. like i understand what's going on and then as you are telling me this i'm like nope definitely missed a whole shit ton of that listen most of this podcast is really just for you to understand the shows we watch (laughs) (laughs) at least for sci-fi um, but I was like, I'm like writing down. I'm like, okay, this is this planet. This is this planet. I'm getting their names. And I'm like trying to keep track. But like yeah. little like nuances I that actually weren't nuances at all. Yeah. And I think huge plot points. <laughs> Major plot points. I definitely <laughs> lost. Um, but I, I did think that it was, um, even though I definitely missed some stuff, I think that they did a really good job of... I didn't feel lost when I was watching it. Yeah. So, like, I knew when they were switching from planets, time periods. I mean, they really only did the time period thing twice. But, like, I I did kind of have an understanding of where everyone was. Where when we watched that one show where they had to, like, walk through that big, like, storm. Yes. And there was, like, two different sides. I never knew what side we were on. You know, like this, I think they did a really good job of creating all of these worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought that was very cool. Yeah. I felt a connection to the characters. That's good. Where sometimes I just don't. Like yeah. there wasn't anything ridiculous about this. Yeah. I didn't think that there was anything like silly or over the top. Like I knew going in that we were watching sci-fi. Right. Um, I had also heard right before we watched it from our friend that it was considered like the best sci-fi thing. And so I had, and he said he, how much he liked it. He had seen two episodes. He thought they were doing a great job. So like kind of going in, maybe I was like, okay, like give this a chance. You know, I mean, I obviously try to do that with everything. But yeah. it, it did grab me. 
Yeah. That being said, I don't think I'll continue to watch it mm. because I, I'm just still not interested in it. Like this is just not my, it's not what I want to spend my time watching. Even though I think that what they're doing and what it is, they're doing a good job. I, it was not a bad pilot. I thought as far as pilots go, this was a great pilot. Mm. I really do think that this is a really good pilot introducing and setting up this world. I knew exactly what was happening. I didn't think that there were too many extra characters yeah. in there. I say I knew exactly what was happening. I didn't. <laughs> Close enough. Right. But like, <clears throat> I didn't, it wasn't so hard for me to follow that I was like, who's this? Why are they talking about that? Like, right. the story was laid out well. There are some things, I've talked about this before when we're watching sci-fi, we're like, they expect you to like catch up really quickly and know what they're talking about and language is different and what they're talking about is different. <laughs> and so that makes it hard to follow. So that might be why I kind of like missed a few things, but I didn't feel lost watching it. Yeah. So yeah. that's my assessment. There. Yeah. I was, I was concerned at first because it was overwhelming. Like the first couple minutes, they jump from like three new planets the first three minutes of the show is three planets. Yeah. And you're meeting all these characters. And I was like, oh, man, this is going to be so much. Oh, see, I but felt like it was paced well. I did think it was paced well. Like, I had time to catch up between each jump. Yeah. And I think it, it ended up being fine. Yeah, yeah. But just them setting that pacing the way they did, mm -hmm. I was like, if they keep going with this, it's going to be so overwhelming. Mm -hmm. But then they stopped. Yeah. It was just those three planets. And two of them you're only on for, like, you know, a couple minutes. Yeah. And then they completely focus in on just like three or four characters and the main story around Selden's calculations. Yeah. And then they just stick with that for the rest of the show. Um, I mean, so, I mean, the acting was great. You know, Jared Harris, the girl, mm -hmm. uh, Brother Day was good, I thought. Yeah. As like this like conniving empire guy. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know anything about the rest of the series. So I don't know if we like follow multiple timelines i don't know if we're just gonna like keep jumping into the future yeah like as all this shit goes down i have, I have no idea so i'm mm -hmm. intrigued about that uh it was also really really beautiful yeah i mean like clearly this had a massive budget it looked like a sci-fi movie yeah from like a big studio like we talked about great world building and just like sci-fi concepts mm -hmm. that were you know probably the first of its kind as far as i know so, yeah, I mean, it, it's difficult to do sci-fi well, as we've seen many, many times on this podcast. Yeah. Often um, I'm like, this is terrible. Why even bother? Yeah. And so this one looks to be well-produced, well-acted, well-written. Uh, I'm intrigued. You know, the reviews so far are pretty good. Mm -hmm. You know, they're mostly fives. And then, it, you know, okay. and then it goes down like four, three, two. And then there's a lot of ones. And of course, if you read the ones, it's people that are obsessed with the book series oh. and say, you changed this. Fuck you. One star. <laughs> oh, God. So that's... Which, which, of course, happens with this stuff like this. You yeah. Know? Yeah. The, the, the something of all time. People are going to be pissed when you change it. Yeah. So I'm wondering. And, you know, obviously, we've only watched the pilot so far. I'm wondering if you take those people out of it, would the ratings be like super high? Yeah. So... I'll just say, you know, we talked about our friend um, Aaron, who we wanted to come talk on this, but we weren't able to schedule it. But 
when I was talking to him about it, he kind of described it, you know, he loved the books. He thought they're doing a really good job with this. Obviously, they did change some things, but he said in his mind, it was one of those things where, you know, they talked about making it a show or a movie, and it's like something that you think they could never do. Like, yeah. they could never get it right because yeah. it's like, and he was like, it's like Game of Thrones. It's just like too complex. You never think that they'd be able to get it right, but like Game of Thrones did it. And like, that's how he was like, kind of like describing this. Like, they're actually like doing a good job. Yeah. And he said they did change things because when it was written in the 40s, like everybody was white. <laughs> and so they kind of did change that with some characters and change the genders of the of certain characters and stuff. Oh, I'm sure there's pieces of shit online giving it a one. That's just probably that what they don't yeah. like because they think that the character Gail is probably supposed to be some white kid. <laughs> right, right. You know, but it's, you know, uh, so I, I, I thought that was an interesting perspective of someone who really loved the books and also, yeah. you know, is enjoying the series. Yeah. I read something like the books are very high concept, like, you know, taking a, a wider view of like mm-hmm. society Whereas, like, for a TV show, you need to have characters that you are attached to. Like you said, they did a good job of that. Yeah. So, like, they have to change things that way to turn this into right something filmed. Yeah. I did have one question. Who was the guy that she was talking to on her trip? Like, she did, like, the jump with him, and then she was also on the elevator with him, and then she sees him later. I think that he's basically a spy for the Empire, Oh, so he is like maybe a bad guy. I think so, or at least in some way connected. Like, I think. I guess that's like reductive to be like, oh, good guy, bad guy. But like. So, of course, of course, the Empire found out about this girl. And so they sent him to like watch over her and like dig into her background. And then he came to her cell later to like give her the calculations to look at them. And he like kind of warned her, like, if you say this, Harry dies. If you say this, you die. So you better think really hard mm-hmm. about if you're going to agree with his calculations. Yeah. They seem to have like some kind of a connection. You know, like she seems she trusts him a little bit on the on the journey there. Yeah. But maybe she's just like she's also just so excited cuz she doesn't think she's in trouble and right. doesn't think she's going to get she's just so excited to be getting off of her planet. I think I think so, it was more of that. Yeah. yeah. He just like let her open up to him a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, he even finds out... Obviously naive, never going anywhere and, like... Right. He (laughs) reveals later, like, that he knows that she came out of hyperspace sleep. Yeah. So, like, how did he find that out? Obviously, the Empire just knows everything. Right. Um, So, yeah. I thought it was a good pilot. I recommend it if you're into sci-fi at all. Elizabeth's not, so she's not going to continue to watch. Yeah. That's fine. But I still recommend it if you are into this, because... I think it was good. Yeah. I'm going to continue, I think. I don't really have any shows right now that I'm just watching by myself. Yeah. So I'm going to continue. Um, I was going to try to convince you otherwise, but I don't need to. Well, you know, there's that other show that we had just watched, Why the, the Last, Last Man. Man. Yeah. And our one of our listeners, Maggie, she like sent me a message and like after like we talked about that and she was like, she had read everything. And she, hold on, let me see if I can find the message, actually. Yeah, Why the Last Man is getting very mixed reviews. Oh, are they mixed? And I've read some of them. It's so hard to tell online, because there's not a ton of reviews. So if there's a bunch of low ones, it really brings it down. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are like, you know, 
why is the hero like so dumb and like sniveling and all that other stuff? And then, and then other people are like, that's why it's interesting. Cause he's not just like some big dicked, big muscled guy who's going around like yeah. saving the world. Like that's why it's a, a unique story. So who knows? Yeah. I don't know if it's handled well or not. I would like to find out. Cause I think it's such an interesting concept. Yeah. So Maggie, not my sister, Maggie, a different <laughs> <Yeah>. Maggie. <laughs> Um, but she and her fiance, shout out, congrats, um, listen all the time. And so she said, I just listened to Why the Last Man app of the podcast, and I both read the graphic novel in college, so it's been a bit, and watched three episodes of the show so far, and I really love it. Ah. It gets really, really interesting in talking about how the world will rebuild a must-watch for feminists, in my opinion. Oh, cool. So I said... Well- all right, you twisted my arm, but we still haven't gotten to it. Yeah. So. Well, I trust her opinion more than a bunch of dopes online, so. Yeah, <laughs> me too. That's why I was like, all right, you know. Yeah. Uh, cool. All right. Um, any other thoughts on Foundation? Um, no. Any other disparaging marks against Jared Harris? <laughs> I like Jared Harris. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was just kind of like, once I saw that it was like, he was like the super smart guy who knew everything, but was being doubted and not being able to like, no one was like trusting him because someone wanted to put him down. Like I was like, oh, right. Yeah. Jared Harris is playing this guy. He does it really well. He does. (laughs) You're so defensive. What if, should I say something about Dark next? Dark is kind of stupid. Don't you fucking dare. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. That was really intense, Phil. (laughs) All right, everybody. If you have suggestions on shows for us to watch, you can email us at trialbypilot at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at trialbypilot. And please go on to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you're listening to this. Subscribe to the show, leave a review, and tell a friend. And thank you to The Beats for providing our theme music. Thank you, Beats. Bye. Bye.